Hey, this is Gerd Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love. Inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and today I want to share with you someone who is helping people to heal their past and understand their intuition. Whitney McNeil is a medium intuitive development teacher and creator of the Messenger of Spirits Oracle Cards. She has a four intuitive languages program where she helps ambitious souls to understand their intuition and communicate with their spirit guides. Hi Whitney, I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love our conversations and I can't wait to see what spirit wants to share with us, including in this conversation. Bless you. Yeah, I, last conversation. Wow, that was literal magic. <laughs> There was so Absolutely. much wisdom pouring through that day. Wow, we both were like in awe of each other. And um, but yeah, I would love for you to share what your life was like before you became a certified medium. My life was completely different than how my life is now. And I really kind of equate this to how my life was before I found my purpose as well. So back then I was in a place where I really wasn't happy in my life. I was working a job 12 hours a day and I was in a relationship that was not healthy at all. And I also really didn't love where I lived. It was quite hard to find pieces of my life that I was really super happy with. And I wanted to do something more. I just knew there was more for me. I knew that I was put on this planet for a reason and it wasn't what I was doing. I was working in marketing and website, which is great. It helps me now. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, really fulfilling me. And I got to this place where I was so burned out. I was going, 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 and my body just stopped and mm -hmm. I couldn't do anymore. And it was so bad. I went to so many different doctors and they diagnosed me with different ailments, interstitial cystitis, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was getting ready to apply for disability. I just could not work anymore. I was living by myself. I was really like, what is going on? No one could give me a real answer. And none of the treatment methods they gave me was helpful. So my aunt on this last ditch effort, I truly believe she got this intuitive message. She said, I'm going to take you to this alternative healing place in Arizona. And I thought, how am I going to make it? from the check-in to the airport, to the terminal, because at this point I wasn't even able to walk a couple of feet without resting. Like getting from my bedroom to my bathroom was just such a dream. So she said, we'll just get you in a wheelchair and, and we'll get down there. So anyway, I got on the plane. I went to this alternative healing place and I wasn't allowed you know, I say that in air quotes, meaning they have <laughs> rules where you can't be on your phone all the time. 
Um, you, you can in your room, of course. So I <laughs> use that as a wonderful excuse. I'm not checking my phone at all. And I received Reiki treatment. I received shamanic healing. I had a reading from a psychic and she told me I was supposed to be doing readings for others and to help other people in the spiritual capacity. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Like I am not going to be one of those people, like such judgment there. Right. And I ended up in four days going on a hike in the desert with a guide. And that was a huge transformation for me because I couldn't even get from my bedroom to my bathroom without resting previously like before four days ago. Right. Yeah. And when I came back at the time I was living on the East coast and my dad picked me up, he just stared at me as I had my suitcase and he was, you know, going around in the car. And I said, I waved and he just left. And then he came around again stared at me and left. I thought, I can't get in the car. So I called and I said, why are you not stopping? I can't get in the car. <laughs> what is wrong? He said, are you the woman in the red hat? And I said, yeah. He said, oh my gosh, I thought it looked so much like you, but there was no way it was you because this person was too energetic and looked like had so much energy. So it was a, and he's not into this kind of stuff. He knew that there was a huge difference. And we got in the car, he cried and I cried. It was just this huge transformation. And I realized I had been blocking out my gifts. I had been blocking out my abilities hmm. and not to go into another story, but years prior, I was so sensitive. I was really a sensitive child. And, and I got really scared as I started to understand I had more sensitivity even into the spirit world. So at some point I shut it down and I really believe that that was part of me shutting my energy down where I became into this place where I was so drained and so tired. And I really believe that I just shut all my chakras down, my energy, and I wasn't receiving. And when we don't, don't receive, we don't receive our guidance from our spirit guides. We don't receive love and support. We don't receive messages or steps to take us to the path of our purpose. So I was basically kind of walking around, I feel like in a, a zombie state where I was just kind of going through the motions and this trip helped open my energy up to realize there's more for me in the world and that it's safe to receive messages. It's safe to be sensitive. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge transformation for me. So from that point on, I said, I know that I'm here for more. I just saw so many people help me heal because I went to my doctor and he said, you know, I think you're healed and you need to learn how to do this for other people. And that was it. It was like a 15 minute appointment. And I, I think I needed that kind of slap in the face, you know, symbolically to say, I'm ready to do this. It's okay. And I needed to understand that massive transformation and healing can happen when your energy is open. And when I saw all these spiritual leaders, teachers, healers, doing good work in the world, mm -hmm. which helped me really understand. I want to do this for other people too. So that's what my life looked like and how, how I started out on this journey. Wow. 
I'm just, I'm blown away. <laughs> I just had to pause for a second because it was like, wow. Just by going was, to this place, shifted yeah. everything for you. It really did. And I really feel, because I'm a, a bit of a skeptic myself <laughs> to say that saying I've done you know, like 10,000 readings for people. I really needed that. Hey, this is real. This really works. Mm -hmm. I needed it firsthand. And when I experienced it, it was just quite literally a massive transformation. I also with this trip, was able to get into a better healthy place with my body. I lost weight. I was in a more positive mindset. And I knew that there was more out there in the world than what society teaches us that, oh my goodness, there's a spiritual aspect of ourselves that is so important that so many times we neglect. I'm so proud of you. Like the fact that you just trusted from within and was like, hey, I don't know what this woman's saying or this person's saying. I'm just going to really just taking that medicine and it's so fascinating how things happen because like even with myself like I know we spoke about it on your podcast but like how it was me running out of the hospital after being misdiagnosed and hearing it's time to heal and that was like the shifting point in my life and this sounds to me like the same thing with you it's like the shifting point in your life to say that you have the power you have the gifts you have the talents you just need to listen from within absolutely and when I look back being such a sensitive child, seeing spirit, hearing spirit, knowing when somebody was getting ready to call, all those were pointing to, hey, this is going to be a massive part of your life. This is going to be something that you really need to lean into. I just didn't have the support around me at the time to help me understand how to operate with that sensitivity. So, so many times we've run away from it. I'm so glad that this transformation helped reunite that within me as well and reignite that passion that I always had for the mystical and the stuff that people never really talked about. <laughs> and it shed a lot of light on it, but it was a pivotal point in my journey. It's like, what happened next? So you, you discovered that you you know, you have these gifts and talents. So what did you do after that? Like you've got the energy back. What happened next? Yeah, definitely started with the energy. And I ended up wanting to learn more about Reiki. That was something that was very like a call for me because I attributed a lot of the healing from Reiki. So I remember the first time I got on the table at that experience in Arizona I was weirded out. I said, I got to get off the table. I, I don't know what all this is. It feels really weird. And I left the session early, but I came back. <laughs> so it was calling me, but I was like, I don't know what this you're doing. You're not touching me, but I'm feeling things. <laughs> so as soon as I got back, I wanted to connect with that community. And I researched where to find somebody and to take a class. I wanted to learn more about it. And so I followed my intuition and signed up for class. And what was wonderful is I ended up meeting one of my best friends today, actually two of my best friends today from that one moment and choosing that Reiki clinic. Wow. <laughs> and 
I know, right? It was very like, yes, you're on your right path. This is what it is. So I took those classes. And as I took those classes, my intuition, my clairvoyance, my clairaudience, clairsentience, and claircognizance really started opening back up again. And I felt very safe. I was able to talk about it with people that understood. And I wanted to then learn how to do healing sessions for others. But I needed that step before I got to the place of doing readings for others. I, at this time, back then, felt like, oh, giving readings to others. Yeah, no, that's not for me. <laughs> and through these Reiki sessions I would do for people, I would end up giving messages to people. And they kept asking me, do you do readings? Do you do readings? So I sought out a mentor and I really just kind of asked the universe in in a way. And I said, Hey, I'd really love to find somebody to help me understand this. Mm -hmm. And I was led to somebody who did. And what was really wild is he hadn't taught mediumship in years. He used to live in Lilydale, New York. It's a community of mediums mm -hmm. where that's all they do. And he hadn't taught in years. And I found him, talked to him and he said, are you interested in mediumship? And I said, yes. And he said, I'll think about teaching you. And that was a huge, huge deal because he hadn't done that. So he interviewed me and he said, you know, in this class, I would have you do public messages, public demonstrations where you get up and a crowd of people and give messages publicly. And I said, no, that's not for me. You know, that's not for me. No, it's not. And he said, all right, no class for you. And I ended up pretty much begging him to teach me after that. And I said, okay, I, I will do this. Cause he was like, your ego is too big for this. If you can't do public messages, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So anyway, I learned from my mentor and uh, he's in spirit now, but we had a wonderful connection and we talked together. We started a spiritualist church together wow. where we would do public demonstrations <laughs> and uh, we traveled together to do workshops and really I truly felt with that one decision, so many doors open. So this pivotal mm -hmm. moment in my life led me to having more energy, being more excited to find something that I felt connected with. And Reiki was that first entryway. And then I just kept finding other, other breadcrumbs from spirit that just opened up to more opportunities, more opportunities and more. That's beautiful. Wow. I, again, I relate with what you're saying. It's amazing when you just surrender and the universe is like, here you go. Here's something else. Try this. Try that. See how you feel. Really? Like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and when you do surrender, I feel like, you know, we carry so much. So the visualization I have is when I surrender, I drop everything. And when I drop everything, my arms are free for the universe to give me another gift. Mm. And I felt, oh, yes. Okay, I'll do this. Thank you. And the more that I really understood that it was safe to trust messages and I saw the validation that I was giving to others, I saw the universe was also giving me more clients who are interested and my business really grew based off of readings um, instead of necessarily the healing sessions. So it's funny how we go into things thinking one thing <laughs> and then we we ended up doing something different. Spirit has a plan. <laughs> and it's not necessarily our plan. 
hundred percent. It's the same with me as well. Like I was a journalist. Like how on earth did I go from journalism to being a trauma coach? Like it's the opposite end of the spectrum. But it was just again, like you said, like you try one thing, then you try another thing, and then you're led by spirit. And spirit just kept making me try different things to come back home to myself. And the more work I did, the more I healed. It was like now you're ready to serve. And then it just kind of happened. And then people kept saying, do you do coaching? And I'm like, no, I don't. But I'm thinking maybe I should. <laughs> it's so funny. Isn't it? Maybe that's a sign. Yes. yes. <laughs> but it's just funny, isn't it? How that we think we know the path of where we're meant to be. But actually, we are never in control of that path. Ever. Absolutely. I, so many times when I reflect back and I've received intuitive messages or I've done meditations and things like that I'll receive messages where I'm like no no that's not gonna that's not gonna happen that's not my path <laughs> spirit's like oh yes it is I remember years back people would tell me you're gonna have a daughter you're gonna have a daughter and she's gonna have brown hair and dark eyes I was like nope never having kids that is not for me and <laughs> then I ended up adopting my husband's daughter who fits that description so it's wow. just so interesting because I was thinking this must be like biological that is not going to happen and it's just funny how spirits like see it did happen it's just not the way that you thought that's amazing wow wow I'm actually blown away by that it just shows doesn't it that there is a bigger plan for us and what we know and we need to really trust in that and trust in that medicine that it will happen the way it's meant to be not the way I guess I think maybe our ego isn't it I guess we could say our ego thinks we need something like externally but actually internally there is a different plan for us absolutely I feel like our ego wants to control how it looks and <laughs> it's you know it's not like that it's interesting because in a way our ego gets it does get in the way and mm -hmm. it wants to create order and ego thinks if you don't have, it will be messy. <laughs> However, the divine plan, the universe spirit has order. We just mm -hmm. need to trust that we're not necessarily responsible for that order. Yes. That is so true. Gosh. Wow. So like just talking about, about the divine order like why is it so important to understand our intuition mm. intuition I feel like is the number one asset that we were born with mm. and unfortunately many people are not encouraged to develop it and we're taught as children to more so pay attention to the tangible items the things that are right in front of us and that includes people and relationships, but things that we can see, that we can touch. However, we're not really taught how to pay attention to the air that's in the room. Mm -hmm. And the air is invisible. We just, it's interesting because we trust that we can breathe it, but we don't necessarily pay attention to it. And oftentimes we don't really know it's there. We take it for granted until wind blows. And we're like, oh, it's real. I can feel it. <laughs> so the same is with spirits and intuition. 
And with intuition, it is our guiding compass. So I like to say it is our compass and our spirit guides are our navigators. Mm -hmm. And with intuition, we can truly, when we listen and we understand our intuitive language, because it's different for everybody, we can utilize that for everything, relationships, health, life path, career, saving money even, and also saving time, saving energy. So if you have a to-do list that has 10 tasks on it and you need to call the insurance company, well, if you're not listening to your intuition, this is a small thing. Intuition can do big things, but this is so helpful. If there is, let's say 89 people in the queue for the appointments and you didn't listen to your intuition, well, you're going to waste sitting there for hours because it's on your to-do list versus if spirit says, Hey, call tomorrow and you'll get in quickly, then it's quick. And I'm saying this because it's happened to me. I know that this is a specific example. So when you listen to your intuition, you can save yourself time and you know, some tasks in our day, that one task can drain your energy so much more than another task that you love doing. And you love doing it for, you know, five hours. It's just really making sure that you're managing your energy, but also with money investments, hiring the right people, um, saying yes to certain offers, creating new offers, whatever that is, relationships, guiding you to the right relationships. So for an example, for me, I did not listen to my intuition on my first marriage. I was supposed to be with this person in a relationship, but was not supposed to be in the marriage. So I completely ignored all the intuitive insight that I got. And I ended up, you know, getting a divorce. And in that separation, I said, I am no longer interested in a relationship with anybody. I'm going to be by myself. I'm fine. And spirit had other plans. <laughs> so I was, I was at an event and uh, one of the, I was separated and this person came in. I didn't think anything about this person, um, but apparently he thought things about me and that oh. message or at that event. And then he came in for a reading. I didn't think anything about it. And then I went to my psychic fair and he came in and uh, he asked about relationships. And I almost, because I'm a channeler, so I just say things, it's coming out of my mouth. And that's one of my intuitive languages. I almost said, you're going to be in a relationship with me. And I did not. And I thought, what? Like, I am so mad at my guides. So, so I took a break. I went over to Panera and ate my lunch. And I was like having this conversation. This is so unprofessional. This is awful. You know, I must be in a bad place. And I was like, but if this was a message to be with this person, then you better make it loud and clear. So I just, you know, go back. I park in the parking lot and I kind of just having a tantrum. And I look over and there... He, the guy is Chris and he waves to me. He's in the car next to me. I had no idea what car he did. So he's like waving to me. I get out of the car. He starts talking to me, just stuff like that. And we were chatting, um, over Facebook. He hit me up on messenger and asked, started asking me questions. And it was around this profession 
and a heart popped up on my shoulder. And I still have that picture. My colleague said, what's the heart on your shoulder? And I said, what are you talking about? She's like, is that a sticker? I said, this isn't a sticker. She's like, go to the bathroom. What's on your, on your shoulder? And a little red heart popped up. So really, obviously we are married and happy. And that is who I really feel is my spiritual partner, but I wasn't planning on it. So when you're really listening to your intuition, it also doesn't necessarily give you the outcome. It's the breadcrumbs. Hey, go to the psychic fair, do this thing. And uh, after we were in a relationship, he told me that in one of the first readings at that event, I told him that May 5th would be a really important date for him. Looking back, that is when we met. And I almost told him that on May 5th at that psychic fair. No, And yeah, it's just following these intuitive breadcrumbs. And we sometimes want to make sense of the divine order and we want to know how it's all going to play out. And we just have to follow what we feel we need to do. So for me, it was, I love my business. I'm going to have this event. Okay, great. Of course, I want to accept readings. And then I want to do the psychic fair. I'm so excited about it. (laughs) Nothing to do with relationships, but there we go. Wow. You know, you've just blown me away because, oh, this is so fascinating with what you're you're saying. So as as you're aware, like I I broke up with my partner um, a few months back and spirit had been telling me for a while and I wasn't listening. And many years Mm -hmm. ago, (laughs) it's fascinating that I'm sharing this with you because you've just blown my mind, but like, how do I even put this into words? Um, we went to an event together and I was invited to this event, but it was more in his world. For some reason, I don't know how it happened. Somebody just invited me and I was like, okay, let's go see if it could help him. Now going to that event, there was somebody there the moment I turned around and it was like, they looked at my, they, I felt them through my soul. Like they were looking into my yeah. soul and I shut it down. Cause I was like, no, I'm in a relationship. No, I'm not that kind of person. And I shut it down. And then towards the end of the relationship, just as I was just leaving, that person's energy came back into my mind. And I was Mm. like, oh, is spirit trying to tell me something? And it's so fascinating what you're saying. I think spirit is. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. When we looked back and I was at the first event, I didn't feel anything that first time. He said I shimmered. He looked at me Mm. and my energy like shimmered. And... I really feel when we have that spiritual match, it is, this is different. There's something different and unique about this person and you'll feel the energy of the person. It was so much so too, that we would be able to really feel each other over a distance. And absolutely. I feel that spirit has a sign there. And I truly feel too, with relationships that when we aren't looking and we aren't trying to find somebody to complete us, you know, the spiritual partner that we need comes in. <laughs> it's it's so interesting because you were at that place and you'd made some, I feel like some great decisions and declarations about, you know, this is, this is not okay for me. And now I'm going to be, you know, by yourself or working on yourself. And the spirit's like, but hey, you you got the message. What about this person? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bizarre when I'm thinking about it as you're saying that. 
Um, but it's interesting, like, again, intuition, like you said, is so powerful. Like, even with myself, you know, you, I can give, for example, yesterday, I knew something was up with somebody that I know. And I just said, is everything okay? And they're like, you you always seem to know when something's not right. And I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> or I knew there was something about somebody else. Or with a client, I'll know something about when something happened to them. And they're like, how do you know this? And I'm like, it's not me, it's spirit. I'm just a vessel and spirit speaking through me. So I'm just tuning in and listening. Absolutely. And I feel like sometimes, you know, our intuitive messages are so strong and we absolutely know what is going on or who we need to contact. And then sometimes the intuitive messages are really light too. And we just Mm -hmm. don't have any other information, but we have to, we know that we need to do this thing. And we all, all have these points on our journey when we look back of connecting the dots. Well, I was led here. And then I, felt like I needed to go here and here. And you can see, well, I'm glad I did that because I met this person. And then I did this and I met this person or something else. And it's just so nice because I think intuition sometimes gets put in a box of it has to look like this, or it has to feel like this, or, you know, it will be this versus if we just truly trust and follow the next step in front of us, we are led to the path that needs to be. And I love that you have that awareness that is spirit coming through too. Cause I think that sometimes people feel like, you know, oh, your intuition is stronger than mine. It's like, no, it's spirit actually. <laughs> and it's not me. It's just, we all have different sensitivity levels and, you know, we can grow our sensitivity to perceive and become more receptive for spirit messages. If we don't feel like we're super highly sensitive already to begin with. Mm. And it's interesting what you're saying, because I, I don't know if you spotted this, but like, as you're on this journey, there's a lot of people that are drawn to your light. So like a lot of people were drawn to my light as well. Mm. But it's like, we all have a light within, we don't need to like, take from others or want the energy that they have. It's that we all have it, we just need to learn how to tap into it. And again, that's to do with intuition. That is, you know, the connection with spirit. That is, just allowing yourself to surrender to what your gifts and talents are in this world. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that they all have that inner light. Absolutely. We all have intuition. And sometimes I'll hear students say, well, I just don't have it. I'm like, yes, you do. You just are thinking it has to look a certain way, or you're comparing yourself to somebody else. And that was a huge pivot in my business. I used to do readings and I still feel like readings have an amazing place in the world. Mm -hmm. However, I wanted to shift my business to help other people learn how to tap into their intuition Mm -hmm. and understand the way spirit talks to them through their intuitive language so that they felt like got the tools versus I have to come to Whitney all the time to (laughs) see what spirit says. And while readings can be wonderful, I just wanted to help give people tools so they can feel empowered and know that they have it too. And when I teach intuition, one of the things I say is let's lean into your intuitive language and don't compare yourself with another student because some students see spirit while other students only know or they feel or they hear. And so many times I'll hear people say, I really want to have clairvoyance. I'm like, let's just back up a minute. How does it come (laughs) in for you first? Right? (laughs) In touch with that 
and harness it. And that doesn't mean that you can't see a spirit, but let's just dive into your energy first. Mm. I think that's what it is. I think everybody thinks like they look at other people like externally and think, oh yeah, I'll have a bit of that or I'd love that. But actually you already have that within you. The magic already lives there. It's about tapping into it. And that's what you're beautifully doing is showing people that, you know, you can listen to your intuition. Your intuition will guide you to the, the gifts and talents that you have that you need to bring into the world. Absolutely. Because I get a lot of questions about purpose. What's my purpose? Mm -hmm. I want to know my purpose. What is it? I've got to find it. And I'll say your purpose isn't something to be found. It's already within you in your energy. And the first step into feeling guided more towards purpose is to really learn your own intuitive language, work mm. with your spirit guides, amplify your energy. Many times on purpose, our spirit, our own energy is dampened when we have kind of taken our energy and shrunk it. And mm. we are operating based off of like kind of like a robot. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I should do this. And I think anytime we say should, you know, that's a big red flag there of, oh, let's dive into that. <laughs> that might be something to take out of our vocabulary. So when we magnetize our energy, when we start learning more about ourselves and we start discovering who we are and we amplify our energy and we're not afraid to be you know, outside of the box, we're not afraid for our light to shine. Mm -hmm. Our purpose just starts to surround us more. It's already in our energy. We just kind of shoved it down in a box. And so when we're asking our intuitive helpers, our spirit guides to help guide us to more opportunities towards that, we start to see our purpose unfold. So I really feel that it's important to start with your intuition first. And that's the key because everything that you have is inside of you and really learning to love yourself is so important. And when people take my program for intuitive languages, they take it because they want to understand their intuition. They want to learn their language and they want to clearly communicate with their spirit guides. But what they get out of it at the end is they say, gosh, I learned to love myself. And mm -hmm. that is what they needed all along. They just didn't understand that would be the the outcome <laughs> which is a beautiful outcome that is beautiful wow can you tell us more about the four intuitive languages yeah so there's four main intuitive languages and i call them the seer the owl the empath and the channeler and the seer is what we normally see in movies where we are able to see through clairvoyance Seers tend to be more sensitive with their eyes, with what they're seeing in the world. And if you're able to close your eyes and meditation and see things vividly, well, then you're more geared. Your energy is more geared for seeing things clairvoyantly as well. Mm -hmm. So I am primarily a seer and I'm a visual learner. My husband yesterday said, maybe we should download audiobooks for the plane ride. And I said, nope. I cannot do audiobooks. I said, I like podcasts. Um, I have one. Obviously, I'm on a podcast right now. And I said, but it they're short. And so if I'm to do an audiobook, my I just can't retain it. So I need a visual something. And um, so those are the kind of things. If you start if you're out there and you're wondering if you have clairvoyance, 
sometimes we focus too much on, do I see a spirit? You know, it's more of, <laughs> well, how do you take an energy in the world? You know, is it important for you to see people, to see color? Uh, how are your eyes? Are they really sensitive? Just kind of paying more attention to that. But really we can see spirit as a person, but that's not usually how it shows up. We usually see colors or images when we close our eyes or the images will even look like moving gifts. Like we see online, like little snippets that repeat itself. We'll often see lights, flashes of lights. That's a real popular one. And the easiest way for spirit to show themselves without feeling like it's scary. So that is what I call the seer. If you are primarily receiving and taking an energy through your visual system. And then the owl is through the auditory system. If you're somebody that likes to talk to yourself a lot, if you're someone that loves audiobooks, if you need to hear that response. So my husband is definitely an owl. He talks out loud all the time. And he also loves to listen to music all the time. Music is so important to him. So if you start thinking about that kind of thing, then it may make sense for you to go, oh, I'm probably getting my messages through hearing. But when we're receiving messages through clear audience, it usually is not a big booming voice coming in from the sky. Like we assume like, you know, Whitney, go do this thing. Now it can feel like that. You can hear it like that. Cause you heard a voice really clearly, right? Like, yes. you know, it is time for you to do your work. It totally can. But most of the time in our day, it comes in through what sounds like our inner reading voice. Mm -hmm. So people get really confused and they say, you know, Whitney, help me understand did I just make that up in my head or did I hear that from spirit? Mm -hmm. And then there's the empath and the empath is, I think a term we're all familiar with, but receiving messages through clairsentience. So a lot of times when we think about being empathic, we think about taking in other people's emotions and feelings. And that's definitely a trait empaths have. And empaths tend to have energy that doesn't have a boundary on it. And so one of the big life lessons for empaths passes to learn how to set boundaries mm -hmm. because their energy is almost like water and will <laughs> tend to try to fill up a void if they come into contact with somebody that doesn't have enough energy their energy flows so they really have to learn boundaries but in the terms of receiving messages from their intuition and spirit they can come in through feelings of a yes i want to do this no i don't want to do this or they can also come through sensations such as i feel tingling I feel coolness. I feel hot. I feel a vibration. I feel like it's kind of like hmm, some different sensations there. So we don't often talk about that with clairsentience, but it is definitely an indication too, where there can be sensations going on that you're feeling. And then there is the channeler, which is actually my favorite intuitive language to talk about because if people go through and say, nope, I'm not a seer. Nope, I'm not an owl. Nope, I'm not an empath. Then they are a channeler. And a channeler usually thinks they're not intuitive unless they have another supporting intuitive language. Channelers receive their messages so instinctively, they don't think it is intuitive. So they receive messages through thoughts in their body. If your body is really heavy and just can't get going, and it's in response to something, then this could be an intuitive message for you. If, if you wake up and you are saying, woohoo, I've got all this energy. I've, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. 
well, this is an instinctual part and this is an intuitive language. Also, channelers will just say things and that is using their body. So really your body is the vessel for intuition to come in through you. And this can include typing and writing things as well and thoughts just popping up into your mind. So this is more of the body and thoughts just popping up. So I'm thinking about Heather today. Oh, Heather's calling me. Or, you know, I feel like I'm going to go to so-and-so today. Oh, you know, when I went there, I ran into so-and-so and, and, you know, they invited me on this trip or whatever it is. It's this (laughs) thought. And what happens is channelers aren't able to distinguish a lot of times before they work with me, you know, is this intuitive or is this you know, just happenstance. And what's interesting is usually they are so intertwined with their intuition. They've been doing it all their life. They just don't recognize that it is. And they give excellent advice. Stuff just flows out of their mouth and they don't even know what they say half the time. And you and I have had this conversation when, (laughs) when I teach and I know when you teach or when we speak, stuff just comes out. And then I'll have students that say, Hey, can you repeat that? I'm like, I don't know what I said. (laughs) Um, let me ask spirit if they can, you know, share it again and and see if it comes through. So being a channeler is actually my second, uh, strongest intuitive language. Mm -hmm. And the great news is you don't have to have just one. Usually we have one primary and then we have others that kind of take, okay, this is number two, three, and four, and you can have one, you can have two, you can have three, you can have all. And it's important to learn them because as you grow and you shift, you also will shift in your intuitive language too, and they can change. So when I used to do readings, I was in my office in Sedona, Arizona, and usually I would see, and then I would know the meaning. Well, I remember one day saw nothing, heard nothing, felt nothing. Stuff was just coming out of my mouth. And I was like, oh my gosh, my mouth is moving and I'm saying stuff. Is this really, you know, coming out? And the woman across from me was like, yes, I know who that person is. Yes. That makes so much sense. Yes. I totally understand that. And I remember that the woman went home and asked her parents because I had given her names of her uh, great grandmother and her great uncle. And she then wrote a review and said, Oh my gosh, Whitney gave me these names. And I thought she just must've gotten some of that wrong. (laughs) And she's like, but my parents are like, yeah, that's aunt so-and-so. And and that's your great grandmother and this and that. And she was like, oh my gosh. But what I loved about that is spirit. Usually when they give you those kind of messages, will pack that in between Mm -hmm. messages that they do understand. So, um, the person is like, well, she got all these other things, right. But, you know, <laughs> so I, but I'll just ask. So I thought that was really, um, interesting. So it's important to know that your intuitive language can change, but it's also important to know which one is speaking to you more clearly in the moment. I, mean, I have a lot of impasse and channelers that want clairvoyance. And I said, let's, that's not how you your energy is necessarily designed, your energy is designed this way. And spirit mm-hmm. is going to be giving you messages through the path of least resistance. You can work toward developing more of the clairvoyant channel, but it's road work. It's construction. Your, you know, your energy pathway is not built that way. So it might take a little while. Let's lean into the way that it is built and we can always, you know, enhance it. Wow. Wow. I'm blown away. <laughs> Wow, this is amazing. This just, yeah, 
Wow. Anyone who's interested in the program, do check out the four intuitive languages because there's so much you can learn about yourself and spirit. Um, we are coming towards the end of the show. Um, I've just got a few more questions for you. Um, and the first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who's struggling to trust themselves from within and they don't know where to start? Yeah, so number one, I feel like really leaning into learning how your intuition truly comes in for you. And that's going to be important. Just accept and think about, wait a minute, the way that I'm thinking my intuition is coming in maybe isn't the way that it is. Just get really curious. Wait a minute. Why am I not trusting myself? Maybe there's a different way that my messages are coming in. So I'm, I'm gearing the trusting a little bit more towards intuition like as it comes in for people. So just kind of play with the idea. Number two, be consistent with your intuition. So I would say talk to your spirit guides or do intuitive exercises. And what that means is you could just five minutes every day say, Hey, I'd like to receive intuitive messages and just allow to be in that receptive state for you to do that. So consistency is really, really important. Sometimes we just expect that our intuition is going to turn on when it wants to. And I always say, no, it's actually an ability you can access at any time. It's just like any muscle, we have to flex it. So if I were to say, hey, go run five miles and you don't exercise, I don't know if that would happen. <laughs> so it's important to know I've got to exercise my intuitive muscle. And that consistency will then help you trust yourself because the more that you are consistent, the more that you'll start understanding the messages coming through. Three, I think what is really important to trust yourself is writing things down with your intuition. So when thoughts come through, when you think to yourself, oh my gosh, something just popped in, write it down. And if you aren't in a place where you can write, just use a voice memo app on your phone and just say, you know, this is what I got. The more that we have validation, because this provides validation, the easier it is for you to trust yourself. It's like that scientific part of ourself. We need to go, oh, well, that actually did happen. Kind of like my example with uh, having a child, right? I was like, no, I'm not going to have a daughter. Well, there we go. So <laughs> those messages were <laughs> valid. And sometimes you can look back in the week. Sometimes you can look back over the months or the years. It's just nice to have that because intuitive messages come in really fast. Mm. And it's not necessarily something that we remember. So doing it in the moment, I think can be really helpful. I would say another tip is support, really talking to other people who get it. Because if you're talking to people with intuition who don't understand, they're probably going to shut you down and make you question yourself. <laughs> um, now they can't make you do anything, but you'll probably, you know, start questioning yourself. So it's important to feel like you have a safe environment to talk about intuition is really, really great for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more that you do this, the more that you'll understand all right, this is a normal part of who I am. And the more that I can trust myself, but also when you tell other people, Hey, I got this really weird message. They can say, Oh my gosh, I understand that. Or they can reflect back to you perhaps what the message means. So again, it's a way to receive validation that can be really helpful. And I would also say to take action from your intuition that 
would be my last tip is take action from your intuition. So when you get a thought in your head, when you see something, when you hear something, when you feel something, regardless if you think it's intuition, because you're still questioning it and you're still second guessing it, just say, you know what, I'm going to take action. Like I got this idea, I'm going to do it. You know, I had this thought, I'm going to go ahead and do it, whatever it is, because the more that you take the inspired action from the intuition, the more that you can look back and say that worked out (laughs) that Mm -hmm. really, I get that. And then you start trusting it a bit more. And there's many other things, you know, to help you trust your intuition. And that's what I teach inside my program, as far as going through the steps. But I wanted to talk about those five tips, because I think it's so important that we actually receive support, that we actually start making it a priority. When we make our intuition a priority, we start trusting it because it is a regular part of our day. We strengthen that muscle and we don't ignore it. When we're writing it down, putting it on a voice app, when we're talking about it, we are basically making it tangible in a way. And we are bringing it to the forefront off of the back burner. And when we make it a priority in our life, then we go, oh my gosh, it worked. Took action that. So I think that's really important. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. And what are you most grateful for? Mm -hmm. Right now, I am really most grateful for my husband. I Mm -hmm. I am so grateful for so many things, and I could say relationships, but in this very moment, I'm very grateful for uh, my husband and. I think that it's so important to bring gratitude into our lives, but finding somebody that is, whether it's your husband or your sister or your friend, finding somebody that just truly accepts who you are and that you can be a hundred percent yourself with, I feel like is a huge gift. Mm-hmm. And I wish that for everybody, uh, whether it's romantic or just something else. I think that just finding someone who understands and accepts you, it's just so powerful. Oh beautiful oh what shines your inner light what shines my inner light i would say my passion and my passion is lit from helping turn on the lights of others through what i do and when i am able to teach share and help other people. And I see that they get it. And I see that the flower is opening for them, like of intuition and they're seeing their messages or hearing or feeling. I just really feel so vibrant mm. and it feels like it lights up my purpose. So it's really that passion and, and seeing that I feel like that goes back to years ago and it still is there now. It just looks a different way now and what my business and how I teach. And it's just lights me up every, every day to see people get the results um, from stepping in and feeling so empowered. Thank you. Thank you so much, Whitney, for doing the work that you do and helping so many people to really trust the wisdom from within and come back home to themselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad we had this conversation. It's been a blessing. (laughs) What an amazing episode with Whitney. Gosh, it's so important to really trust and surrender to the wisdom from within and that 
really, we're never really in control of anything and we just need to listen to spirit's messages through sounds, through insights and just through our own awareness. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Intuition is the whisper of the soul. That's a quote by Jiddu Krishnamurti. Take care, my sisters. Bye. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshandel.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.